Well, take your Bibles tonight. We're going to be back in Psalm 119. Um, Psalm 119. We'll stand in honor of God's Word here this evening. For those of you that are guests, uh, we're kind of in, in between series right now and and uh, been working on our theme for this year, actually, Love God's Way. And this will be another, another sermon that is somewhat emphasizing that, though it's not so much emphasizing uh, our need to love one another, not that we've got that figured out already from the other sermons that have been preached, that sure will uh, need to be emphasized even more along the way. But just, just the thought on loving God and, and His way. And so last week um, on Wednesday night, we were in Psalm 119 and considered the first eight verses. I'm, I'm not beginning, church. I'm not beginning, I don't think I'm beginning, a series in Psalm 119 on each of the stanzas, though that would be a good series. And it could be that we're off to a start in that because we're doing the next one now. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've just tried to be sensitive about what I'm supposed to preach tonight. And I know that. And that's as far as I know. So we'll just, we'll just go with that. Uh, but we're going to look at verses 9 uh, through 16 in this second stanza. But what I was going to say is that last week we emphasized how important it is for us to be in the Word. Be in the Word. Be in the Bible. And I, I hope that maybe uh, church that last week, some that maybe you weren't, you weren't reading the Bible. This is our summer reading program and you're getting on board with it. And it's good for all of us as preachers too, by the way, to read the Bible for more than just studying it to preach it. And so we need to be daily in the Word. So I don't think we can overemphasize that as we think about just the situation that we're in. So let's read about it now in verse number nine. And that'll be our key verse. We'll look at verse number 10 as well. In particular, we'll spend most of our time right there in the first three verses of the Baith stanza. And uh, it really does divide into two parts. So let's read it now. It says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Here's the answer. By taking heed thereto according to thy word. Okay, let's read that verse together in unison. Okay, ready? Begin. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. All right, now just follow along in verse 10 as we keep reading. With my whole heart, I have sought thee. And then he very quickly says this, oh, let me not wonder from thy commandments. And then I believe quite a few would know this verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. And the idea there is not just, I, I won't have a memory lapse here, but it, it's this, I'm going to be mindful that I need your word daily. I will not forget thy word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto, his way by taking heed thereto, according to thy word. 
All right, so uh, tonight, it's, it's really a part two to what we considered last Wednesday night, loving God through his word. And tonight we're looking at this in, in particular, the key to a pure life, the key to living a pure life in a wicked world. This is it right here. So may God bless the reading of his word as you're seated. Let's get right to it here tonight. Alexander McLaren said that men rebel against the moral law of the Bible and speak of it as, as if it were a restraint and a sharp taskmaster. Oh, no, he said. It is, and this is what caught my eye on this quote. It's, he said this, it is one of the greatest tokens of God's infinite love. It's not a taskmaster. It's not a great restraint upon us. It's an evident token, a great token of God's infinite love to us that he has not left us. Let me, let me go on and read the rest of this, that he has not left us to grope our way amidst the illusions of our own judgments. Whereas I'm glad that God has not left us here in this world to try to find our own way. And then he says, and the questionable shapes of human conceptions of right and wrong. In other words, he's, he's basically saying this, you, you can't let the people of society to determine what is right and what is wrong. There's, thankfully, it's an evident token of God's love for us that he's given us a standard of this in his word about his own character and the standard of his perfection. In fact, he even sent his son to be the example that we could see and, and read about of, of what life is supposed to look like according to uh, God's word. And so, and so just, just real quick here, before we get into this particular uh, part of Psalm 119, um, last time we were looking at the first nine verse, first eight verses rather, in verses one through three, he talks about blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. And, and the idea is there, oh, the blessedness is, I mean, there's so many benefits, there's so many blessings to walking in God's word. In fact, Spurgeon was the one who said, there's a thousand heaped up blessings for those that would live in God's word. A thousand heaped up blessings. I just like the way that he said that. But what we considered last week was that, that those individuals that walk in God's word, they're not just to be admired, but they're to be desired. That way of life is not just to be admired. We, we, we covered it then that, oh, what a great walk that so-and-so has with God. Well, that's wonderful for them, but you need to walk with God. You need time in the word. And so the Bible is given to us, not just for information, but rather for this, for transformation. Psalm 119 is very unique. It's, it's uh, as many of you know, and as we mentioned even last week, uh, it's, it's arranged according to the Hebrew alphabet, the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, we would say A to Z, they would say Aleph to Tau. And so each of the eight, sorry, each of the 22 letters receives eight verses each. So um, 22 times eight, you've got 176 verses. I started out many years ago to memorize Psalm 119 and got to the third stanza and it all just started running together and I tapped out. So I don't know if you've tried something like that, but it sounded like a great idea at the time. Somebody just uh, shared with me that one form of, of correction uh, that uh, she had was to write, if, got, if they got in trouble, they had to write out Psalm 119. Two hours later, <laughs> right? It's a lot. So he's, he's basically saying this from, from Aleph to Tau, the beauty of God's word 
in our lives when applied. Okay. Uh, there's others. We mentioned this. There's other parts of God's word like lamentations. Actually, lamentations is, is arranged according to the Hebrew alphabet. Chapter one, chapter two, chapter four, chapter five has 22 verses each. Chapter three has 66 verses each because it's the central idea of the book. So you've got Aleph to Tau, uh, you know, like we would say A to Z rental. You know, they've got everything. So uh, here's Psalm 119 to be Aleph to Tau, A to Z, the completeness of God's word. Uh, Proverbs 31, Aleph to Tau, what to look for in a wife, the virtuous woman. In the book of Lamentations, you know, A to Z, the sufferings of God pe God's people, but the mercy of God in the center of that that is new every morning. So it's, it's beautifully arranged. I'm just talking about the beauty of the Word of God, and it's right here before us. So you've got Aleph, and it, every one of those verses in the first stanza begins with the Hebrew letter Aleph. And now we're in Baith in our little two-part mini-series here. Baith, 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 Baith. And so eight, eight of them, and he's starting out here talking about, the, again, the importance of God's Word. You're going to see God's Word throughout the whole entire psalm. Before we move on uh, to this particular stanza, we also noted this, and I think it's worth mentioning again and kind of helping us all to get on the same page too. The way we treat the Word of God, Warren Wiersbe said, the way we treat the Word of God is the way we treat the God of the Word. So does that mean you only need God on Sundays and Wednesdays? No, obviously we need God all the time. Uh, does that mean that, the, that God's only a part of your life as long as you're in your parents' house? No, it ought to be a, become a part of your, your life as well, young people, that, that, that God would, that you would have a personal relationship with God. Or does it mean the way that we treat the Word of God is the way that we treat the God of the Word? Does it mean that you can't wait for the next time you get to have time in the Word? I hope that that's, that ought to be the testimony for every one of us that we're looking forward to time in the Word. I can't wait till next Sunday. I can't wait till Wednesday. I can't wait till Sunday school. You know what I mean? Just that eagerness that we ought to have about God's Word. Do you reach for God and His Word? Do you reach for, reach for God's Word before you reach for anything else? Now, you might reach for your phone just to turn it off because it's waking you up that morning. But do you reach for God's Word before you reach for your phone to check the text or the latest posts or the latest scores from last night? Before you reach for your running shoes, do you reach for God's word? Before you reach uh, for your keys to head off for work, do you reach for God's word? Again, Warren Wiersbe said this, the Old Testament believer who wrote Psalm 119 was not satisfied with having the law in his home, in his head, or in his hand. He had to have it in his heart. And the same is true and should be true in our lives. And so this, this next stanza really grabbed my attention. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And then he answers it by taking heed thereto, cleansing his way by taking heed thereto. But here's the key, according to thy word. All right, so let's, let's go to work on that. Um, because we live in a dirty world. And we ourselves have impure desires. So let me ask you this, does the world in which we live tonight, does it encourage you to do wrong more or good more? Yeah, it's obvious. Does it encourage you to find more ways to do right or to do wrong? Yeah, it's wrong. 
Do you find more that would pull you down spiritually or that's lifting you up spiritually? It's pretty obvious. The culture in which we live, and then you couple with that who we are, that's why we need to be pure from God's word. You know, I thought about our guests. I thought about you all being here tonight. And I thought about, uh, you know, of course, all those that are here at Southwest week in, week out. Why, why do we devote so much time to the preaching and the teaching of God's word? Why are we making such a big effort, you know, uh, church to have vacation Bible school here in just a few weeks? And we're going to bring in, you know, uh, a good number of kids. Uh, why, why are we making that effort? Um, why do we make the effort to have Sunday school and, and to have three services a week? Why do we uh, make the effort? Why do you make the effort in doing family devotions? You know, trying to have time in the word as a family or having uh, devotions as an individual. Uh, why do you give that much attention to it? Well, the answer is right here in Psalm 119 and in these verses that we're looking at. I want you to look at verse number nine again. He says, wherewithal shall a young man? And don't think tonight, well, I'm out because I'm not a young man. Um, I could have used this sermon a few years ago. No, it's, it's for everybody. But there's a reason why he's saying, uh, wherewithal shall a young man? Wherewithal shall a young man? Why, why does he emphasize a young man? Well, a young man's got his whole life ahead of him. And, and so it'd be ideal right here is if you would... Um, if you would have things right with God right here as a young man, and I'm not just preaching tonight to the young people, just bear with me during this, this part of the sermon, but, but just think about it. If a young man would start out pure and kept his life pure. In fact, that's a lot of what the psalmist pointed out. It's not just, okay, I'm, I'm in a terrible mess here. How do I get it right? Although the word of God will apply to that, but wherewithal shall a man keep his way pure? How shall he cleanse his way so that his whole life? Let, let me ask you this, isn't it... Uh, isn't it better that it says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, rather than wherewithal shall an old man clean up all that he's done behind him? It'd be wonderful if a young man here tonight would say, you know, I'm going to take heed to the Bible because it's a whole lot easier uh, to keep the car smelling like it doesn't smell like smoke if I don't smoke in it, than to try to get the smoke smell out of it. You ever, you ever rent a car and it smells like smoke? And you turn it back in because it smells like smoke, right? You know, it's, it's a lot better if you don't ever smoke in the car than, than having, well, it's better not to smoke in it, okay? Just for everybody here tonight, it's better not to smoke in it for sure. But, but isn't, it, isn't it better not to do that than to try to get that smell out of it? That's a lot of what the psalm is saying right here. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? And the idea is that he's going to do this his entire life that he's going to keep his way pure. Now, I want, to, I want to thank God tonight that regardless of where you are tonight, the word of God applied to your life can cleanse your life. But the point of the psalm starts off this way to say, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? He speaks to the youth because they got their whole life ahead of them. And if they could get the word of God early and have a habit of holiness in their life by the washing of the word on a regular basis, then that will help their whole entire life. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Well, another thing would be this. A young man is prone to a whole bunch of evil. I mean, you, you think about how many verses point that out. David said in Psalm 25, remember not the sins of my youth. 
the sins of my youth. Uh, in Proverbs, how many times does it say, my son, my son, my son? And he's talking to that younger generation, trying to help them to get started because they are simple, gullible, naive. Did you know they took the word gullible out of the dictionary? Somebody's going to go home and check that out. No, they really didn't know they're gullible. You know, you don't realize when you're young, you don't realize how much pain is associated with that sin. Rejoice, O young man, in the, in the days of thy youth. And, but be mindful of this. God's going to bring you into judgment for it all. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. Flee also, Paul said, flee also youthful lusts. Titus 2, it's, it's about, you know, the older men speaking to the younger men and the older ladies speaking to the younger ladies, helping them to get oriented into life and to understand why it's so important that, that they would be grounded in God's word. And so it's right that we would have a youth conference coming up this summer. I'm just thinking, church, about some of the things that we have coming up in the Bible school and the youth camp. You know why? Because it, it'll provide that opportunity for young people to get their life started off right, even in a evil culture, if you'll take heed to it. That's key. Have you noticed this? Things do not tend to get clean on their own. Probably some, some college age student here tonight that needs to clean out their car, right? Your car, hello, your car doesn't tend to get clean after multiple trips to Taco Bell, Right? Have you noticed that? It doesn't tend to get clean by itself. Your house doesn't tend to get clean on its own. No, it tends to get dirty. You know, we have a janitorial crew that helps keep the church looking good and working hard to do that. Why? Because things don't tend to get clean. They tend to get dirty. Same thing with our lives. Years ago, a man named J.C. Ryle wrote a book called Thoughts for Young Men. It's actually written in the late 1800s. It's powerful, very relevant today. It's only five chapters long and I believe about 36 pages somewhere. It's a, it's a really quick read, but I'm telling you, if you listen to it or you read it, you're going to think, man, somebody wrote that yesterday. He wrote it because he was concerned. He didn't see a lot of young men who really wanted to serve God with their lives. Are you listening to young men? He said, I'm concerned. I don't see a lot of young men that really truly want to be Christ-like in their life. In fact, he said, what causes most concern in society? Who's causing trouble in society? Isn't it young men? Now, young women do too. You think about it, young men. Vast majority of people in Oklahoma County Jail tonight are young men. In the news, if you watch the news tonight, you risk near depression doing so. You'll see a lot of young men. You'll see some young ladies too, but you'll see a lot of young men. Who causes concern in schools? <laughs> young men. Yeah. Colleges, young men. Are we more concerned about people in the youth department or in the senior, senior adult class? Well, we might be concerned about both, but I'll tell you what's on my mind quite a bit is you all and you all. He said this, young men, do not be deceived. 
Don't think you can at will. Serve lusts and pleasures in your beginning and then go and serve God with ease at your latter end. Don't think you can live with, is, are you listening to this? Don't, don't think that you can live with Esau and then die with Jacob. It's mockery to deal with God and your souls in such a fashion. It's an awful mockery to suppose that you can give the flower of your strength to the world and the devil and then put off to the king of kings the scraps and your remains of your heart. The devil, listen to this, the devil uses uh, diligence to destroy the souls of young men. And I would say young ladies as well. And they don't seem to know it. Satan knows very well that you'll make up the next generation and therefore he employs every trick to make you his own, I would not have you to be ignorant of his schemes, uh, Mr. Ryle said. You are those on whom he puts his choicest temptations. He spreads his net with the most watchful carefulness to entangle your hearts. He baits his trap with the sweetest morsels to, give you, to get you into his power. He displays his wares before your eyes with his utmost ingenuity in order to make you buy his sugared poisons and eat his accused, accursed rather, treats. You are the grand object of his attack. May the Lord rebuke him and deliver you out of his hands. Young men, beware of being taken by his snares. He will try to throw dust in your eyes and prevent you from seeing anything in true color, in its true colors. He would eagerly make you think that evil is good and good is evil. He will paint, cover with gold and dress up sin in order to make you fall in love with it. Listen to this. He will deform and misrepresent and fabricate true Christianity in order to make you dislike it. Does everybody listen to that? He'll make true biblical Christianity look like uh, he'll misrepresent it, deform it, fabricate true Christianity to make you dislike it. He will exalt the pleasures of wickedness, but hide from you the sting. He will lift up before your eyes the cross and its pain, but keep out of sight the eternal crown. He will promise you everything as he did to Christ if you'll only serve him. He'll, listen to this. He will even help you wear a form of Christianity if you neglect the power of it. He'll tell you at the beginning of your lives, it's too soon to serve God. But then he'll tell you at the end of your life, it's too late. You need to know he's a liar. Okay, now, now think about this here. We're, we're going somewhere with it and we're taking a little while to get there and I'm not too much in a hurry because I want to make sure that we're all getting this. But think about it. Think about the way that, that the enemy is advertising to young people. Isn't it true that most advertisement in the world today is kind of geared towards young people unless it's in the morning and then it's about medication and other things. you think about the effort in advertising on the part of this world? Hey, listen, you need to know it's geared right towards you. Pornography on the shelves of convenience stores or on your phone. 
television shows. Parents, if you're allowing your young people to have TVs or tablets or computers or phones even in their room, you're not understanding the world in which we're living or them. Doesn't Satan make alcohol look so good? Doesn't he appeal to young people in the form of dress to dress immodestly? You're being targeted. Wherewithal shall you cleanse your way? Is it important? Who's the prom geared towards? Older people or younger people? Actually, I've got a humorous story, Brother uh, Yeager, who prayed for us a moment ago. Uh, he and I were on a visit at a retirement home. Actually, it's a nursing home. And we were there to visit a lady that had come to the service, an elderly lady, and they were having a prom at the retirement home. <laughs> had lights going on and music. And Brother Yeager and I were there, and, I, and he, he had to walk across the dance floor. I just stayed back with his silent partner while he did, you know, to <laughs> pray for him. They were having a senior prom. <laughs> You'll be glad to know Brother Yeager just walked. <laughs> I'm, I'm just simply saying, dress and movies and music and cologne and perfume and all the things of this world and prom, I'm telling you, it's geared towards youth. So how are you going to keep your life pure in such an evil world? But it's not just young people that struggle with that. Don't, don't be deceived by the words of the text when he says, wherewithal shall a young man, because also when you read the life of Noah and the life of David, and you see others that also that one time served God, they got away from God. And as a result of that, then they got into drunkenness or into adultery. Hey, listen, but I'm telling you, there's some seeds that the enemy wants to plant even in the days of your youth that, does, that do not come to fruition until you get into your adult years. Wherewithal then, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Listen, I'm telling you tonight, I'm, I'm saying to all of us on the authority of the word of God right here that we need to be in the word daily because we are living in a wicked society and there are desires within every single one of us. And listen, ladies and gentlemen that are right here, even with the Ministry Refresher Institute, listen, we are not immune from those same desires because how many of our friends have gone off to the, to the the wrong way and have got involved in things and it's grievous, it's heartbreaking and it destroys homes and it destroys churches. Why? I'm telling you because we get away from the word of God and impurity will fill your life. So wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. It says taking heed thereto to his way. The, the word, the word uh, take heed means to keep, to protect, to watch over, to closely monitor. You've got to closely monitor your ways that, that you, you have before you so that you don't let any evil in. But wait a minute. He did not say that you do so according to your own ideas. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto. That's not what he said. It didn't end there is what I'm saying. It's not, it didn't say that, that he would take heed thereto. You better really watch what's coming in your life. Well, you better really watch what's coming in your life, but you better do it according to the word. It's not according to your desires. It's not according to what other people are doing. It's not according to what other people think is okay or think is right or wrong. No, there's a standard that we must go by. 
And just because you set your watch to a certain time does not necessarily mean it's that time unless you've checked it by a standard. There are night you could set your watch back about two hours and think, well, I still got two more hours to sleep. But you'll be late for work the next morning. Why? Because you're not going according to the standard. That is, you're going according to your own standard. But, but what he's emphasizing here, as he says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto. Oh, it's so important that we all closely monitor our lives, lest the filth of this world gets into our hearts and, and lest we don't take heed to the wickedness that's in our own hearts. But he says here that we would do so according to thy word. According to the word. And, and, and what we're looking at tonight is this, that the word preached, taught, Red applied still cleanses lives. It still works. And, and it's, it's much like a compass, a compass that, that regardless of which way a person is facing, let's, let's, let's say that a person is facing this direction and they need to go north. Well, north is that direction, in case you're kind of turned around in here this, this evening. That's, that's north. So maybe one person is, is facing here to the west. Well, they need to face to the north. Or if a person is facing to the east, it'll still point them to the north. Listen, it does not matter where they are in life or what situation in life they're in. The word of preach, the word of Applied can still point them in the right direction. And it would work last week, and it would work 10 years ago, and it would work 10 years from now. The, the compass, if it's a right kind of compass and it's, and it's geared to the to north, then it will always point that way. And I'm telling you, the Word of God will do the same thing in your life, young people. And it'll do the same thing in your life, young, young adults and, and, and young couples and, and elderly people and so forth. It's going to point us in the right way if we'll take heed to it. Wherewithal then, wherewithal shall a young family cleanse this way? Wherewithal shall a young family, even with all the wickedness that's going on, how will you keep your family pure? Take heed according to the word. Uh, when it says your ways, that means all the areas of your life. All the areas of your life. Think about all the areas of your life and take the word and apply it to all the areas of your life. So your kids come and say, hey, can we watch this? Well, let's look at the guide. <laughs> what guide? This one. And check it out by the word and, and, and monitor what's coming into your home. If you want to keep your home pure. This word will clean your language up. But the Decker led a man to Christ and and uh, he was in his 80s. And then they made a hospital visit and led somebody to the Lord. And on the way out, this gentleman who all his life had had a problem with cussing, cursed and said, that was one of the best things I've ever seen. <laughs> and then he very quickly called himself and said, oh, preacher, I'm so sorry. But for 80 years, I've been cussing. But you know what was happening even right there at age 80? The word was still having an effect. It was still cleaning up his tongue. But don't, don't you know that he wished that he had got it when he was eight 
years old and that he never had a habit of cussing, but that it was right from the very beginning. Listen, listen, church, that's why we're going to run buses and bring kids in here. We're not doing that for our own health and sanity. No, we're, we're doing that to try to be a help to them early on so that they would get the word in their life. Because listen to this, they will not tend to have clean, pure language. And it doesn't matter if you grew up in church. It doesn't matter that you have clean, I'm sorry, it matters that you have clean, pure language, but you could grow up in church and still have a filthy tongue. If you wonder from the word. Say, preacher, where, where are you exactly going with this? I'm just trying to put one more sermon right here to say, listen, you better be, make sure that you and your family and your life individually is in the Word because it makes a difference on the purity of your life. How, how do you keep, get your life clean? Well, you, you, keep, you keep your life by keeping the Word and you keep yourself in the Word. Wherewithal shall a young man, there, maybe there's some young pastors here and, and you've come for this ministry refresher institute and that's fantastic. I'm really glad about that. Wherewithal shall a young man... Young pastor, wherewithal shall a young pastor keep his church pure? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I think it's something that young pastors ought to be concerned about. Not wherewithal shall a young pastor make his church popular? That's right. And the question is not wherewithal shall a young pastor help his church grow big? That's the wrong standard. The standard still today is that we ought to be a church that is holy before him. Amen. Wherewithal shall a young pastor keep the church holy? Preach and teach the word. Wherewithal, we've got music directors here. Wherewithal shall the music directors keep the music pure? Let the word clean it up. We have a weekly meeting, Brother Aaron and Brother Kevin and I, and, and uh, not because... Um, not because I'm an expert on music, I'm not, but I was exhorted, hey, listen, pastor doesn't mean you punt that ball and let somebody else run with it. You got to stay involved in the music. I know it when I hear it. And I know it when I don't hear it. You know what I mean by that? I know when I hear it and it's not right. And sometimes we say, oh, let's not do that song again. You know what happened right there? We take the word and apply it to music. Or... I, even better of an idea is this. Let's not let that come in. Oh yeah. Why? Because we want to keep a clean church, clean music. Wherewithal shall a pastor's wife, we have a pastor's wife. Wherewithal shall a pastor's wife keep herself pure by taking heed to the word. Wherewithal shall a youth pastor? We've got those that work in the youth department here or in children's ministry. Wherewithal shall we keep the youth ministry pure? You know what begins to happen in a church? Things begin to slide and oftentimes they begin to slide in two areas, music and youth. Wherewithal shall we keep that pure? Here's what we do, uh, young people and, and workers. We just stay in the word. And as we stay in the word, it'll keep us pure. And it'll keep us on the right, on the right direction. Wherewithal shall uh, a young youth pastor keep his way pure? It's just by taking heed to according to the word. I'm, I'm confident in the word of God to help guide us on the way. Well, what should be our result? Well, the, actually, the rest of the, the psalm, 
with my whole heart have I sought thee. Because verse nine, now watch this. I'm going to make real quick work of this in the next few verses. Because verse nine is true, verse 10 through verse 16 are in place. Because God's word has a cleansing effect on our lives, if read and if applied, then I'm going to seek, I'm going to seek God with my whole heart. You know what that means? That means it's going to take effort. It's kind of like this when I'm seeking for Angie in the, in, uh, you know, maybe the grocery store that I'm, I'm walking down the aisle and I'm doing like this. You know what I'm talking about? Husbands, you know what I'm talking about? Trying to find her. Just nope, 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 nope. Right. That's seeking with my whole heart. Right. You got it. Seeking with my whole heart. I, uh, saw, uh, a uh, clip of a guy that was getting engaged at Yankee Stadium in front of everybody on the jumbotron. And he had that engagement ring and he was in this, I think the middle of the seventh inning or so, and he was about to get down on one knee and ask that young lady to be his, uh, his wife. And she's standing there and then, and, and this panic look comes on his face. <laughs> As he realized, oh no. I have no idea where the ring is. And she's standing there and saying, <laughs> I mean, he's looking all over, checking all of his pockets and everybody around him. And this is on the jumbotron. So, I mean, he, he still couldn't find it. They had to go, you know, back to the game. And, and so I'm telling you, that guy, he didn't care the game was going on. He didn't care who was batting. He didn't care the Yankees were winning. He just wanted to find that ring. Finally, he found the ring. What had happened is it fallen into his cuff on his pant leg. And he found it right there. And he got on one knee and asked her, and believe it or not, she still said yes. <laughs> he was seeking that with his whole heart. The game didn't matter. Work didn't matter. What else was going on didn't matter. Hey, listen, I, I believe what God wants us to do is get to a place where he matters most and nothing else matters as much as he matters. And that has a purifying effect on, my, on our hearts. And he says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart then I seek thee. That's it. Do you hear it? Do you see it? With my whole heart. And then very quickly he says this, oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. He's recognizing that even with as much effort as I may put into this, I'm prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. I'm prone to go astray. In fact, there's three reasons that biblically this term is used when it talks about going astray. It's used about how women could lead his heart astray. It's used about how alcohol could lead his heart astray. And it's used how false doctrine could lead his heart astray. Oh, let me not wonder. Don't let me go astray, dear God. I want to stay in the place that you want me to be in. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And the word hid there is store up, treasuring up. He's saying this is of such great wealth. I'm, I'm going to make, I'm going to receive divine dividends from this. You know, when you make an investment and you store up a treasure, you, you know, if you've got a, a, a retirement account, you don't make one investment at the very beginning of it and then don't make any more investments. You keep investing and investing and investing and hiding and treasuring and treasuring. That's the idea. It's, it's consistently doing this so that then you have some wealth to pull from. Thy word 
have I hid in my heart? And the idea is that it's ongoing. I keep hiding it. I keep hiding it. I'm asking you tonight, are you taking his word and hiding it in your heart? Hiding it in your heart, treasuring up in your heart because the day is going to come. You're going to need it. And it's today. Blessed art thou, O Lord, he says. And then very quickly says, teach me thy statutes. He wants to be a continual learner. That's it. God, with your help, I want to keep my way pure by applying your word. And therefore, I need more, not less, of the word. Teach me thy statutes. And just keep teaching me. What a gracious teacher we have. What a great textbook we have. The real question is, what kind of students are we? Teach me thy statutes, O Lord. With, with, then look where it goes in verse 13. And I, I'm going to do my best not to spend too much time on these, but it's, it's beautiful what happens. So when the word is in your heart, watch what happens in verse 13. With my lips have I declared or recounted, is the idea, all the judgments of thy mouth. In other words, he's saying this, God, this, listen to this, this has had such an impact on my life, I want to share it with others. And I don't want to give them my ideas. I want to say what came out of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies. As much as in all riches. You know what he's saying right there? The spiritual things of God are much more valuable than the monetary, physical things of this world. So much greater treasure right here. And then he, then he says, I will meditate. I'm going to be thinking about, musing on, meditating in thy precepts, having respect, fixing my gaze. That's the idea. I fix my focus. I have my focus unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Just this past Monday night, got to go down to Ufallen here, Brother Sam preached and, and Brother Jerry Ross, they both preached that evening. But Brother Sam preached on where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there's no revelation from God, where people aren't in the word, their lives go to ruin. But where people give heed to God's word, happy are they. You know, you can be in church and happy at the same time about it. You know why? Because the Word of God has cleansed my life, changed my life. I was a young man and God's Word got through to me. Oh, I hope tonight that, that young men, young ladies that listen, you'd, you'd spare yourself a whole lot of filth that could fill your life if you would just early on say, I'm going to take heed to what God is saying to me. And I'm going to let Him cleanse my way even before it gets dirty and built up with all the grime of this world. You've got all kinds of stuff coming at you, don't you? All kinds of advertisements coming your way, and some of it you're bringing on yourself. There's college students here tonight, and maybe you're on a break, and, and just because you're on a break doesn't mean you're on a break from righteousness. You've got all kinds of time on your hand, but I'm wondering if you've got God's Word in your heart. Because you're at a place now where you don't have hardly any restraints on you. I wonder if you're in the Word the word will keep you pure. We really don't need more rules. What we need is actually more relationship. And if we had the relationship, it'd keep us in the right place. My life changed not because as a young man I got a bunch of rules slapped on me. 
my life changed because I got in the Word and that relationship began to change. And actually then I started to thank God for the rules that were in my life. I didn't like all of them, but I needed them. Loving God through His Word. Where would your life be tonight without the Word of God? Boy, think about that. Where would our lives be tonight without the Word? We wouldn't know which way was up. We wouldn't know what was moral. We wouldn't know right and wrong. Our lives would naturally be filled with the filth of the world. In fact, what it would be is our lives would look just like what's going on where God is not in that life. So here's the exhortation. Those of you that are here, part of the Ministry Refresher Institute, keep preaching. Keep preaching. Keep singing. Keep teaching. Keep leading. Keep doing what you're doing with God's help because it makes a difference. And that goes for all of us. Parents, keep teaching. Keep leading. Keep praying. Keep correcting. Keep loving. Keep going. Don't give up. The world will have an effect. It still has that cleansing power. It's got to be applied. Stay in the Word. In your own individual life. Don't try to make it through this filthy world without it. Have a daily time that is set. This is my time with the Lord. You say, that's so elementary. Yeah, but look where we get when we wander away from it. Let's stand together here tonight. The key to purity is the Word applied because God gave it to us. Wherewithal shall a young man, well, anybody of any age, are you in the Word? Let me begin right there. Those of you that are in the days of your youth right now, are you in the Word of God, applying it daily to your life? Moms, dads, let's take inventory right here to see, are we emphasizing the spiritual things and emphasizing the Word are you paying attention when it's preaching time and teaching time and taking it personally and applying it to your life? Young man, young lady, young family, church family. May God help us not to grow weary of well-doing or in well-doing. Let's just keep preaching the word and teaching the word and running buses and working a Sunday school class and helping the word to get to people. What a great opportunity we have to make a difference in other people's lives, but it's got to make a difference in our, for our lives first. So, Father, I pray tonight that you'd help us, Lord, as we emphasize the need of the Word being in our lives. I thank you for the impact and the power that your Word has to cleanse, to purify from sin, the blood of Jesus Christ cleansing us from all sin, but also, Lord, just being in your Word and receiving with meekness that engrafted word that can, that can, Lord, just change a life. Dear God, I thank you for it. And I pray that you'd help each and every one of us to evaluate where we are in our time with you through your word. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Page 481, search me, O God.